Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Super Bowl 56, the Cincinnati Bengals, Steve Versnick's Cincinnati Bengals against my, not mine, Los Angeles Rams. I have no affiliation with the Rams. I don't know why I said that. Um, this is this is the sort of, you know, proverbial cliche, David and Goliath, I suppose you would say. But I think on the field, Steve, and I, I don't know, the last point spread I, I saw, and this is probably like going back to Wednesday, Wednesday night, was like four points uh, the Raiders, or the Raiders, the Rams were favored by, which seems... Uh, I guess about right. These Super Bowls are have been typically closely played of late, except for you know last year, sort of thirty-one to nine. Obviously, was not. Um, I I truly don't know what to make of this game, other than it wouldn't surprise me if if uh, the Bengals dragged this game into the fourth quarter and it ended on a kick. It also wouldn't surprise me if the Rams ro- rolled over them and. Somewhere in there is probably the mama bear, but it, it just seems like the Rams are such a talented team. And I'm not saying that the Bengals aren't talented, but they may have gotten here, may have arrived a couple of years too soon. And who knows if they'll ever get back, right? I mean, that's the thing about this game is, you know, Dan Marino made it to the Super Bowl against Joe Montana and lost, and everybody thought we'd see him in about nine or ten of them, and he never made it back. So you got to take advantage of it when you get here. Maybe, Maybe the sort of, you know, being naive about it and young is a good thing for the Bengals. Um, but you would agree that the Rams have to be a, a, a decent favorite in this game, right? I, I mean, I think they're the favorite. I think, you know, look, they had the better record in the regular season. They were expected mm-hmm. to be here at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, you know, you would have gone into the regular season saying the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers were the best three teams in the NFC. Well, right. all three of those won their division. Good point. Uh, you know, so I mean, going into the season, since I was not expected to win their division, no. Um, you know, they had a what a four and eleven in one season last year. Granted, Joe Burrow got hurt about halfway through the season. You didn't know what he was going to look like coming back. He had a pretty serious knee injury. You know, would he be the same Joe Burrow, particularly early in the season? Um, you know, they had a young team. You know, the Bengals are you know kind of playing with house money, but if you really look at it. They built their offense through the draft, and they still mm-hmm. need work on the offensive line. Right. But they hit on free agency on defense and fixed their defense. Right. Like every free, free agency is supposed to be to patch some holes. They signed a lot and hit on basically everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of them have come through for the most part. And, you know, that's what improved their defense so much, which is what really has allowed them to compete. And even if you look in the playoffs – I'll be interested. I think the key, the keys to this game are the start for the Bengals. They ha- they need to be close at halftime because the one thing they've well, done the one thing they've done well in this playoffs is make halftime adjustments, particularly on the defensive end. But you say you say close. It was it was seventeen to three. I think at halftime mm-hmm. this past week or the, two the last game they That's played. two scores. Okay, 
That's so you're okay with a couple of scores. I, I don't want to be that far down, but right. But, but you wouldn't panic. They wouldn't panic if it was fourteen to three or I, seventeen to three. I don't think Joe Burrow ever panics. <laughs> well, uh, and he, we'll get we'll he, get to Joe yeah, Cool in a and minute. He's leading that team, but <laughs> but they're, they're you know uh, this game's going to be one at the line. Yeah, and and Cincinnati's offensive line leaves a lot to be desired. Nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. How they fare against Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and the play calling. You know, can they devise yeah. plays that can get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quick enough against that defense? And and right, you know, and then you look at that matchup of Ramsey and Chase. You know, how quickly does Joe Burrow have to get rid of the ball? The longer he can hold it, the more chance Jamar Chase is open. Right. You know, and that's the kind of the game you've got to play there of how can you protect Joe Burrow to give him time to find Jamar Chase. And I mean, he's got, you know, T. Higgins stepped up. He's got mm-hmm. some other weapons that he made good use of. And, the, and, mm-hmm. and, and without, they may be without their tight end, though. And I think that's a huge loss. Although the Rams likely to be out with Tyler Higby as well from East Lake High School, their tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's a wash. You know, um, and I think I think you have to protect Burrow. I don't think you can let this turn into a sack fest early on. I mean, you know, they did win a game again, nine sacks, and Burrow will keep getting up. But I agree with you; like, you don't want him to get hit early and often. If the game is decided though by the offensive line of the Bengals and the defensive line of the Rams, I, I think the Rams have just such a big edge. I mean, I go back, and and I don't know if Cincinnati's offensive line was going to play as bad as, as poorly as the Bucks did when they played the divisional uh, playoff game here in Tampa. But, you know, they were missing Tristan Wirfs. That's just one guy, right? You're missing, you were missing one starter on your offensive line. And yeah, Jensen, Jensen was nicked up, but he was okay. He went, he was fine. Um, and, and that changed the entire game. I mean, Tom Brady got hit 17 times, 17. And nine of those was by Vaughn Miller. And as great as Aaron Donald is, and he's great, Von Miller is a guy that would scare me. Now, you can put a tight end over. You can do some things to try to chip on him, and, you know, all teams will and do. But by the same token, as a collective group, and we haven't even, you know, talked about uh, Floyd. And, you know, I mean, I think, I think that defensive line can take over the game, especially if Ramsey and that secondary locks some people down. Now, they're vulnerable – in the middle of the field a little bit. Although Eric Weddle has come in off the couch after two years and is, you know, now playing every snap. So I think he's helped them a little bit. Um, but you you got to run the ball against the Rams a little bit. You know, you, you can't let those guys just, you know, have third and ten all the time to, to really pin their ears back and, you know, let, let Raheem Morris dial up blitzes and, and pressures and things like that. So – I think the Bengals have to kind of play a little bit of a grinded out game. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, keep it close, um, make your adjustments at halftime, shut down the Rams offense, which I think they're perfectly capable of being shut down. I do. Um, you know, the Bucks forced a lot of turnovers, and that's what Cincinnati has been doing. Cincinnati has gotten here because their defense is getting the ball back. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. They don't come back in this last game. Unless they get the turnovers. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, they did that against uh, the Raiders. They got turnovers. They did it against Tennessee. Tennessee. They did it against the Chiefs. 
Um, the mm-hmm. defense has been very opportunistic, um, yeah. and particularly in the second halves of these games, um, where they've really they've. It's amazing that you know Patrick Mahomes was you know on his way to winning another Super Bowl. Yeah, in in the first half of that game, and he looked lost in the second half of that game. Um, shut him down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They absolutely shut him down. I, I think I, I completely agree that if if Joe Burrow's getting hit every play, it's going to be bad for the Bengals. The advantage they have is Joe Mixon is a very good yes. running back. Yes. And compared to the Bucks, and you mentioned how many times Tom Brady got hit, the Bengals have a lot more weapons on the outside at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, you know, we know the Bucks didn't have Chris Godwin who's out Godwin. Injury. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, you know, left the team. Yep. And so, you know, yep. that that trio of receivers to go with Gronk wasn't there for that game. You had Evans, you had Gronk, but right. you know, when you've got if if Ozama plays, that's a huge boost for the Bengals. Sure. To go with T. Higgins and Boyd and Chase and then, you know, Mixon as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can devise things to get the ball out quick because you've got enough weapons outside that you can't. You, Jalen Ramsey can't guard everybody. Right. Right. No. And they move him around. Like, I, mm-hmm. it's easy to say that they're going to put him on Jamar Chase, but sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes they'll double the elite receiver and let. You know, move him around and, and and let him lock down other guys. Um, I think, I think Mixon, I think running the football. Anytime you play a team that wants to rush the passer, and they're built to rush the passer, Aaron Donald, for as great as he is, is not a great run defender. He's just not. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll make some tackles, but he wants to get upfield. Obviously, Von Miller wants to get upfield. Um, there's a physicality that the game has to have against those guys you you have to be able to lean on them and that that you know that has a lot to do with not getting behind if you get behind and become one-dimensional you're playing into their hands but san francisco could run the ball on this football team um eventually i think if the bucks hadn't fallen far behind they could have run the ball on that foot remember they came out the first series and you know i think you know what was it a 12 yard run by leonard fournette and then a 10 mm-hmm. yard run by leonard fournette and then they kind of stepped in it and had to punt but you can run the ball because I don't, I don't think the Rams linebackers are elite by any means. And that's, that's, how you, that's how you control this game, in my opinion. And then let Joe Burrow, you know, get away from the center, a little play action. I love Mixon because he's physical and he's fast um, and he's productive. And they, they, they can move the ball even in a two-minute situation, situation with Mixon. So, you know, to me – the physicality, I agree with you. I think it. I think it's the offensive line of the Bengals. How much they can protect and and lean on those guys and and slow them down, versus the Rams' uh, defense. Now, this is a great matchup between quarterbacks. And and this mm-hmm. question I've I've heard asked on several of these shows, so we'll we'll ask it now. Just in terms of what's a better story, right? And they're both great stories. Matthew Stafford coming from Detroit after an entire career, they're 0-3 in the playoffs. They they make this move, you know, which was, you know, trading a number one pick in Jared Goff, who you promised a lot of money and he had taken you to a Super Bowl, or at least was a quarterback then. You kind of exile him to Detroit, and you bring in a Matthew Stafford, and now you're all in, right, at quarterback. They've been to the Super Bowl and lost it, right? Mm-hmm. So Stafford has gotten them exactly where they wanted to go, and they added pieces you know, that we'll talk about that helped him get there. Um, if he doesn't win, 
I'm not sure. I think you're back to square one a little bit. You know, I think the the narrative will be, yeah, but you know, um, got him there, but so did Jared Goff. So did you know? And, and there's a lot of pressure on Sean McVay in this game. I believe a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure on everybody. You're in a damn Super Bowl. Let's not. Let's be honest. But on the other side, what are we looking at with Joe Burrow? I mean. Precious few quarterbacks get to this game to begin with, much less than their second year. And really, he only played about a half a year before he got hurt, and it was an ACL. I mean, this guy is coming off arguably the worst injury you can have for any player, much less a skilled player. And he jumps back in the saddle after rehabbing all offseason, and it doesn't look like he misses a beat, and he has another tremendous year. But he has that he has that swagger about him like all the great quarterbacks do, like Joe Montana did, uh, like John Elway did. You know, guys that nothing, good play or bad play, they sort of just kind of, you know, handle them both the same and keep firing. And he's 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 so damn cool that I think his team kind of reflects who he is, which is we're good, you know. Like anything bad happens – yeah, we'll figure it out. We're good. Now, there'll come a time when, you know, the clock gets you and you may not figure it out. But if Joe Burrow wins this game, if Joe Burrow wins this game, we're going to be predicting Patrick Mahomes-like things for him. And Patrick Mahomes came also close to going to three straight Super Bowls, but he's only won one, okay? But that's all it took. And if Joe Burrow in his second year, really first full year, pulls this off in Cincinnati and an Ohio kid, the whole his whole career arc changes, right? Doesn't it? The expectations, well, all that? He wins a Heisman Trophy, a national championship, and a, and a Super Bowl in two years. Incredible. Incredible. Or just over two calendar, you know. Right. 25 right. months or whatever, 26 months. Yeah. Never yeah. been done. Never been done. Yeah. I mean, they're both incredible stories. You know, yeah. Matt, Matt Stafford, I mean, even all season, it was like, well, they're good, but what's he going to do in the playoffs? Can he do right. it in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's shown he can. He absolutely can. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, he's a he's a perfect example of a great quarterback who went number one overall that languished in a bad team Yeah, for years. I mean, where bad you get drafted in the organization and, and how they – I mean, you're generally drafting number one because your team wasn't good. But is right. your organization good enough to get better with you? The Lions weren't. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the, you could argue the Bucks weren't with Jameis Winston for several That's correct. Years. They were not. They were not. You know, whether Jameis That's could, why... could live up to that, don't know. But the organization mm-hmm. didn't get better with them. Mm-mm. You know, at that time. Now, you know, it's a different organization now. But those first four seasons. Yeah. Oh look, there's a there's an NFL graveyard of quarterbacks drafted number one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and and there are some that are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, we we could rattle them off. Um, but for him to hit the triple crown, like you just mentioned, puts him in rare air. And and the expectations. Here's the thing. Like you said, when you go number one, you go to the worst team in the league. They're two years removed from winning what? Two games? Two and fourteen. Three games? Two and fourteen. Two and fourteen. And not an organization you talk about, well, if you get with a bad organization. Hey, 
the Bengals have not been known for the best deals in the world here. There's a reason why they went 30 years between, you know, doing this. They're, they're not one of those franchises that typically drafts exceedingly well or, you know, does free agency well. You're right about free agency this year. I mean, Trey Hendrickson might have been the best free agent that anybody signed. Anybody. You know, and I, and I remember him wreaking absolute havoc against the Bucks. They couldn't block him. They couldn't block him. And, you know, for what he's come in and done, I mean, you, you give the organization a lot of credit. And I like their head coach a lot, too. I think he's special as well. You know, he, he was a lot of criticism his first year, and even Joe Burrow's first year, which was his second, Zach Taylor. Right. But Zach's, I mean, the city of Cincinnati now is, loves Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. For two years, it was questionable. And, but the Bengals, you know, brought a young head coach in, that new offense, got him a great quarterback, and watch how they've yep. grown together. And it's been, you know, he's off that Sean McVay tree, which is another storyline of this. Super Absolutely. Bowl. You know, they, these coaches they, know each other well. Mm-hmm. And two coaches under 40. How about that? Yeah, I mean, these are these are young guys that are going to be in, 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 in the mix for a long time. And, and the same, you know, I mean, with until this year, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan has gotten the best of, of Sean and McVay. And I, and I think, um, you know, this will be obviously there won't be any bigger meeting with with one of McVay's guys than this one in the Super Bowl. Um you know Connor wrote a great story in Sports Illustrated about Zach Taylor and his family. He has a sister. No matter what they do in this game, he has a sister who has Down syndrome who was a uh Special Olympics swimming champion like a hundred times over. And she it's a great story if you get a chance to read it, but like She's the athlete of the family. Like no matter, and these guys all played college ball and you know coached and all that stuff. Um, absolute going to go nuts if they win. But um, interesting, interesting competitive family, obviously um, with Zach and the relationship between him and Joe um, is so important. You know, but a young coach, young quarterback, that dynamic is so important, and and it's important too for for Stafford and and Sean McVay, and they've done great things together because there was a time when at the end of the season, look, Stafford was more than Rocky. He threw like eight interceptions in the final four regular season games. He blew the game with, with an interception, uh, the final regular season game that got the 49ers into the playoffs mm-hmm. at home. And they were losing again at home in the NFC championship game. And it looked for all the world that's, you know, like until, until the Niners got to the fourth quarter where they typically melt down for whatever reason, and Jimmy Caroppolo couldn't make a play, and and you know, uh, I I think the Rams just kind of took over, and and said you know that's not going to happen to us today. But once Stafford got into the postseason, he's been terrific. You know, um, he clearly won the game against the Bucks. And to me, much like when the Bucks made their run, I thought the hardest game they had was the Saints. And that sounds weird because Drew Brees was you know had less than you know ten percent of his arm and. But in that game, the Saints were about to take a 14-point lead Mm -hmm. in the third quarter, and they completed a pass to their tight end, and they're at the Bucs 40 running with the ball when Antoine Winfield strips it, and Devin White picks it up. And from then on, it was turnover city. And 
that's sort of how you know it's it's kind of been and and I, I think you know beating the bucks when they when they turned the ball over and they you know it wasn't it wasn't really Stafford's fault I mean there was all these fumbles and stuff um but when he had to make the play you know the bucks tie that game imagine what imagine what the you can't rewrite history but imagine what the storyline would have been um as great as Tom Brady is coming back from a 24 point deficit against the Rams if they go to overtime and the and the Bucks win that game, what are we saying about Stafford? What are we saying about the Rams? What are we saying about Sean McVay? I mean, history really teeters on a play or two, you know. And you can do that throughout the annals of time in Super Bowls, mm-hmm. in championship games, you know. Dwight Clark in the catch, the biggest win the Forty ers ever had. They had five turnovers in that game, five. Joe Montana was terrible. He threw interceptions. Um, you know, Ronnie Lott had two giant pass interference penalties. And even after the catch was made, they they went right back down the field, and Danny White got him within field goal range, and there was a fumble. And they're about to kick a game-winning field goal, or, you know, with one more play or two. So history changes on, on a play. You, you can't rewrite it. I mean, here they are. But I think we think differently of Stafford because he got to this game. If he wins it again, it was all worth it, right? They, they are this year's Bucks, and we said this at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. What did the Bucks do? They went and got their quarterback. They went and got their guy, older quarterback. Um, now, there was no mystery about Tom Brady and what he could do. Maybe at age 43, Matthew's not that old. But they were all in at that point, all in. And if there's a criticism I have of the Bucks is that they messed around with Antonio Brown when he was on IR, when he was suspended, and they had a chance to get Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. has turned it around and helped the Rams unbelievably, you know, to have to have another elite receiver. Opposite, of course, Cooper Cup is greatness personified. Um, you know, and then the trade for Von Miller, which they gave up a ton. They gave up a pile. I mean, for a guy that's not signed for next year, a two and a four, when you have no number ones for the next three years, that that's a lot. But they were all in. They were all in the way the Bucks were all in a year ago. So if they pull it off, they out they out Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. And the sad thing is that the Bucks don't get another bite of the apple with Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford's probably got a number of years there, and they're going to be good for a while. They'll be favored, you know, in the NFC next year, I would imagine over everybody. So this is this is a you know these games this is what legacies this is how they're created. You know? And it may come down to a field goal. And kicking in 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 these playoffs I've never seen anything like it, Steve. I mean, this Evan McPherson, the kid from Florida, I wrote about him in the Tampa Bay Times and on tampabay.com. Money Mac. He trademarked, by the way, the name Money Mac. As he should. <laughs> so he's no dummy. Um, you know, McFearless, whatever you want to call him. Unbelievable rookie year. Like, unbelievable rookie year. He had one little stretch where he had some hiccups and they got in an overtime game against Green Bay. Remember that? And he made the, he thought he made the kick. And he turned and started celebrating. And then it hit off the goalpost. And it was no good. And they lost in overtime. Uh, he missed. I think he missed two kicks that day. But... I talked to this kid during the week. Uh, they had the Zoom, you know, Zoom media days, unfortunately, because of uh, COVID, and the teams didn't go out there till later in the week. But 
you talk about just a cool customer. I mean, this guy, soccer player up until his senior year in high school, was an all-state, you know, in, in Georgia. Um, really good at Florida. Like, he, he, he came out, you know, a year earlier than he had to, and you don't see kickers doing that very often. But he was, he was the only guy drafted. And let's be honest, we know all about drafted place kickers here in Tampa Bay, and we'll get to one of them in a minute. But, you know, I was worried about the Bengals in the playoffs, and I told you this. Like, they're not scoring touchdowns. Like, you can't go through a, an entire playoff season and not score more touchdowns. This guy has kicked – have I got this right? He's kicked four field goals in three playoff games in, in each – like, he's got 12 postseason field goals right now. Mm-hmm. 12. He's too shy of Adam Vinatieri's record of 14. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the swag, like you don't see, usually you don't see kickers with swag, right? What was it Joe Burrow said? He he noticed right away when he got there that this dude was different, Mm -hmm. just the way he kind of carried himself and the confidence that he had. And, you know, the whole, it's legend, right? What he says before he's got to make the game-winning kick to send him uh, into the AFC Championship game. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. (laughs) Um, he's already set the record for the most 50 yard field goals in the season yeah yeah right I mean a booming leg Mm -hmm. I mean not you know 54 54, 55 yards for this guy is not a problem they will send him out there early and often and he just you know they talked to him and and Matt Gay had some similar things to say about like where do you get this, this poise from and he's just like you know I these guys rep this so much that they they literally can tune out for that 1.3 seconds. They can tune out the noise, and you have to, because if you don't, you're not going to be in this league very long, obviously. Um, but he embraces it. You know, he's that guy that, you know, like you said, you know, you dream about when you're playing – pick up basketball, you know, you count down two seconds, three seconds, and you take that three-pointer like you're LeBron James, right, or Michael Jordan. And you you picture hitting the walk-off home run in the in the World Series like Joe Carter. Well, this is what these guys do. They they live on the edge. You know, they they have to embrace the big moment. And, and, and this game, because of these kickers are so good, if this game is close, there have already been a number of these games decided – by both these teams on a final kick. Hell, one weekend, the divisional round, I think three of the four games were decided on a final kick on the last play, and another one was a touchdown uh, in overtime. Well, or that something. fourth so, one, the kick sent it to overtime, and then the touchdown in overtime. That's that's right. That's right. So there, there were. I mean, this these these games have been fantastic, and I hope I hope we have a close Super Bowl. But if you're if you're gonna do a prop bet, like, you know. One of these guys knocking it through as time expires is a pretty good one, uh, and that hasn't happened much. I mean, Venetieri did it twice. Jim O'Brien did it with the Baltimore Colts uh, way back, you know, when when Don Shula was a coach. So, you know, it's they're interesting. And then Matt Gay, Matt Gay's a guy. Look, I I almost felt sorry for the kid when he got here. Um, Another great story. I mean, he did not even kick until his junior year at Utah, mm-hmm. right? Didn't kick 
didn't kick field goals. Like was a dude that kind of walked on and he would just go up there and knock it through. Like, you know, there's, there's a whole routine. There's, there's a precision. There's, you know, you, 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 you know, there's, there's like anything else, like a golfer, you have all these checks you go through. Um, he just used his natural God given ability, he had a booming leg. And of course the bucks having not had such a great experience with Roberto Aguayo and others, but drafting Roberto where they did in the second round, you know, it, it was such a flop. And Gay comes in and they draft another kicker, this time in the fifth round, much like McPherson. And you can see his talent. I mean, he, you know, when, when you're around these guys and you listen to the, you, it's the sound of the ball when, that, when the foot strikes it. And I watched Matt Gay pump him in from, you know, damn near 60 yards in practice every day. So, leg strength was never a problem with him. It's just, what do you do in the big moments? And it's that way for all the kickers, right? Like, how do you calm yourself? Or are you clutch? How do you, how do you get over the last kick, the last bad kick? And I think what happened to Matt is, I think he got swallowed by the kicking history here. I think, I think that the minute he came in, it was Roberto Aguayo this. Yeah, but Roberto Aguayo that, you know, uh, and every other kicker, since Matt Bryant they had had that flamed out. And so he had to wear this burden of what Aguayo had done because that was the last guy they drafted to be a place kicker here. And I think it just ate him alive. He also, when I talked to him, said, you know, it's my rookie year. I'm living in Tampa. He goes, we had our first child. You know, my wife and I were, were you know, hadn't been married that long. And I'm living in a new town and, you know, across the United States and you're trying to compartmentalize your job versus family versus what's going on with the newborn. And all those sounds like excuses and they are, but as a rookie, you can see why he had to, he had to go through some things and the bucks let him go. I mean, they, you know, they were under pressure to find a guy cause he only made 71% or something like that of his, of his uh, field goals. And he absolutely lost some big games you know, on, on final kicks that he missed. And, it, you know, it wasn't good. So they release him, and he doesn't get picked up right away. In fact, his first game with the Rams was when they beat him here two years ago. And he and he kicked two field goals in that game, and they won by a field goal. They were up big, but they won by a field goal. That was his first game with the Rams, was, it, was back at Raymond James. And he made huge. He made a huge kick to help them win it. Um, and then, of course, wouldn't you know? And I think he got hurt in warmups or something. He tweaked something that he wasn't quite himself because he had came up short on a forty-five yarder in that divisional game against the Bucks. But wouldn't you know? After they hit the big one to Cooper Cup, that the guy that runs out on the field is Matt Gay, and he bangs home the game winner and and and, and you know end of regulation after that great comeback. And he said when I talked to him the other day and he said you know i'd be lying if i told you it didn't feel a little extra special to do it against those guys that's just the competitor in him you know not mad at the bucks not anything but the fact is they released a pro bowl kick i mean he's he's the pro bowl kicker this year he had the best year of anybody in the nfc so it'll be interesting to see if um if it comes down to to a kick but these guys are going to factor in the game because they're both weapons and they got a ton of confidence in them. 
Coming up uh, just in two weeks, actually, February 25th through the 27th, we've got the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented this year by RP Funding. It's that uh, beautiful course that they've laid out. It takes them, a, I don't know, about 20-something 20, 20 days, uh, 1.8 mile, 14-turn configuration. It goes through the streets of St. Petersburg, uh, Circles Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Daly Museum, and it extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Witted Airport, where the grandstand is there. For tickets and information on the race, go to gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, predictions. Here we go. I hate these because I'm... I actually was okay with the Bucks pretty much throughout the year because I know them a little bit better. And if you just pick Tom Brady to win, you're okay. Um, not good with point spread, so I I can't help you if you're a better. I just I don't know because I, I listen. If the Bengals win, I think it's going to be a close game. If they lose, I don't think it's going to be that close. But that's that's sort of where I fall with with point spreads. All right, Steve Burstein, are you going with your heart or your head? Uh, you got the Bengals in this one. Who says it doesn't both align? <laughs> well, that's true. I'll I'll take that's the Bengals twenty three twenty one. Money Mac with a late field goal to win it. Woo! I'd sign up to watch that game right now. That would be that. I'd use all the chips and dip for that one. That would be fantastic if it goes that way. Um, I'm going to lean towards what is the alleged home team. Although with ticket prices, I don't know anybody's ever seen a game before. You're probably a billionaire. Qu- question: um, I'm trying to remember back. Were the Bucks in the home locker room last year? Yes. Okay. Last year they the were. Bengals are in the home locker room this year. They get the Rams. I know that's room. weird to me. The See, AFC is the home team. That's weird to me, right? Like, it would have been weird for the Bucks too, because to, the visiting locker at Raymond James Stadium, no bueno. That's why they built this huge, massive one yep. for the home team. And if if you'd have crammed the Bucks back in that, you know, dank old <laughs> locker room for the Super Bowl, they'd be like, what the heck? Uh, the Bucks were very fortunate last year. They were in their own digs. And uh, now, Grant, I'm spacious. guessing SoFi's visiting locker rooms are better than. The I'm Bucks sure it's much better. Room. Yeah, I mean, they it's a billion dollar stadium, right? So I'm sure they did yeah. a better job. But still, it's not. You know what I mean? Like you're not mm-hmm. in your locker room in your own home stadium. It's kind of weird. Yep. Um, yeah, the Bengals are the are the official home home team of this one. I think. I think it will tend to be a close game for a while. Feels like a touchdown game to me. And I just think the Rams have too much talent. I, I and 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 you know when you talk about well the Bengals are playing with house money. Yeah, I hope they don't feel that way because again, go see Marino, comma Dan. You know, call the Miami Dolphins if you think this is going to happen every year. You when you get to this game, and I always tell this story. I'm in California. Uh, two thousand three, two thousand January two thousand three, two thousand two season, and it was the Thursday before the game. And I went and met Rich McKay for breakfast. I was doing something on, on him or whatever. I was covering the Super Bowl is what I was doing. And Rich McKay was the GM of the Bucks at the time. And I sat down with him, and we were talking about the Raiders. And, you know, they, of course, 
you know, their, their big nemesis was Philadelphia. There was no week between games either, so we rushed out to to uh, San Diego right after the Philadelphia uh, game. And I sat down with him, and he said, we started talking. I said, well, what a season, right? Like, you know, you, you, you beat the demon of Philadelphia. You went on the road. You did that, you know, uh, first year under John Gruden, great hire. You make it to the Super Bowl against his former team, and you can't write this script, right, and blah, 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 blah. And the Raiders had the best offense by far in the league that year. Rich Gannon and even Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, all these guys were on this team. A lot of veterans, but a really good, really good offense. And Rich looked at me and he goes, when you get here, you have to win this game. He said, because I was kind of like throwing platitudes at him, and he said, you know what you don't want to see? About five minutes after the game, for the next six months, they're going to be selling those damn hats and T-shirts with somebody else's logo on it. You know, how he goes, it's Sports Illustrated, you know, buy this, buy that. Hey, get your, you know, Oakland Raiders Super Bowl thirty six championship t-shirts and hats just like they wore in the field after the game and he's like yeah you don't you don't want to be that team like you have to win this game and from that moment on I can it, it it really resonated with me that you know we all know it's special we all know getting a Super Bowl is hard but it doesn't matter that you're the underdog or you're the favorite all that matters is you win the game people are not gonna you'll have to ask them you know name all the teams Tom Brady beat in the Super Bowl I mean you know we know the Bills went four times and lost. I mean, but it's 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 really hard. You don't remember the losers. Only one team is going to be happy. So it's great achievement to get there. Can't underestimate that. It's an unbelievable achievement, especially for the Bengals two years after they went 2-14. and 14. They got to win the game. But I think the Rams win it, and I think they win it um, simply because I, I think they got more playmakers on their side on both sides of the ball. And, and I'm not comfortable with – the protection maybe that Burrow might might or might not get. But make no mistake, um, my heart, I'm going to be kind of pulling for Cincinnati because I think it's such a great story. I, I love I love what they've done, and I, I really, if I'm right about Joe Burrow, if we're all right about Joe Burrow, he's going to be terrific in this game. And, and his legacy will grow exponentially. It'll just be incredible. Uh, the way we speak about Joe Burrow, if he pulls this off in his second season, I, I can't imagine what's ahead for him. But I'm going to take the Rams, and I'm going to say it's going to be 27-20 uh, right in there. Okay. Um, but we'll see. We'll check it out on Monday. Um, also, as we do this podcast, it looks like we might have a delay to the start of spring training in baseball, right? Yeah, we're taping this Thursday morning, so Rob Manfred's yeah. getting set to speak here momentarily. Uh, from Orlando where the owners are meeting. Expected to say that the next negotiating session will be Saturday with the players and that next week's scheduled start of spring training will be delayed. Yeah, Well, bad news there, but all we care about is the start of the regular season. Hopefully they can make some progress. All right, big weekend in store, of course, and don't forget the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented by RP Funding happens February 25th through the 27th. Please go visit gpstpete.com for all your race information and tickets for Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.